Hello guys and welcome to Farfetched Stories. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And if you're new here, thank you for joining us. My name is R.E.M. Verberg. I am your resident fantasy author, and I'm your host on here. Last week in episode 8 of The Raven's Toll, we fought a battle. Today in episode 9, we deal with the fallout from that, and we visit a new and dangerous place. My thanks go to Diana Moore for narrating this episode and Alex Liu for providing the music. If you'd like more details about The Raven's Toll, you can go to remverberg.com. For now, enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Raven's Toll, Episode 9 Down Long Forgotten Paths. Kuras lay on his bed in the army tent, motionless, breathing erratically. The raven shut his burning eyes. He had sat next to the cot for hours, alone, by the light of a mag lamp that was slowly flickering out. He still heard Kuras's voice in his head If we find the Remian leadership, we negotiate peace. He swallowed hard. The commander was dying. The raven had fought against the realization, but it took only the slightest lowering of his barriers to feel it. The intricate knot of Koras's life force was unraveling, its cells diminishing and retreating into themselves. He put a hand on Koras's heart and felt its unnatural, strained rhythm. Don't do it, he heard the sparrow say. It's not our job to choose sides, only to guard the balance. He looked at Kuras's face, a face that had become dear to him. So still, so far away. Just as far away as Thetis had been the last time he'd seen her, sailing to her doom. There'd been nothing he could do to save her, just like there was nothing he could do for Kuras now. He was a keeper of the balance. His job was to let human affairs play out while he advised, stepped back, and looked on. His job was to watch the people that he cared for die. Screw it, he mumbled, and spread his hands over Koras's heart. Instantly, he felt the weakness. He followed the energy of living, throbbing cells up the commander's bloodstream to the lower chambers of his heart. They constricted suddenly, sucking in too much blood. His heart struggled to get rid of the extra. The raven felt the strain. Kuras wouldn't be able to keep this up for much longer. Without hesitation, he let the skill seep out, to where the synapses in Kuras's brain frantically spoke to the nerves. Years of seizures had frayed them, muddling their signals. But underneath it all was a longing for healing, and that was what the skill latched onto. It unfurled with the nerves, filling tears and gaps, smoothing out disturbances. The signals cleared. Kuras's heart slowed down. Tears ran down the raven's face. After so many years, the skill finally sang in his blood again. He was whole. He saw, heard, felt the essence of everything. 
the blueprint of life extending eternally beyond the surface. He opened his eyes. There was so much he could do now. So much he could change. T.A. Kuros pushed himself up on his elbows and blinked against the darkness. How long was I out for? Morning isn't far off, the raven said gruffly. He put a hand on Kuros's arm. Get some rest. Renus will make sure we leave early. Kuros's eyes widened. He sat up. The mission! How could I forget? I... I must prepare the utils. The raven cleared his throat. It's done. What do you mean, it's done? I spoke to Zori. Well, how did it go? Kuros asked. I can't imagine they were happy about it. The raven winced at the memory. No, he said. They weren't. Zori had come by soon after he'd returned with Kuros. They stuck their head inside the tent. Will he die? they asked. The battle had left its marks on them. They nurtured a shoulder wound, and there was a gash underneath their left eye. And there was something else just beneath the surface. A wildness spreading its wings. I'm not sure, the raven said. I hope he does, Zori spat on the floor. Sorry, T.A. I know you like him, but he caused hundreds of deaths today. I already told you, it wasn't his fault. The raven got up and left the tent, facing Zori in the moonlight. Marshal Altha gave the command to leave the utils behind. Laos tried to save as many as he could. Didn't you see him organizing the retreat? I didn't see anything, they snapped. I was too busy trying to save my friends. Did you know Nikas may never walk again? The raven felt a hard shell of hatred surrounding their words, a shell that may never crack now. Sorry. It was the skill that spoke then, a mere breath on the wind. The skill that made the name sound like a caress. You did good today. I'm proud of you. You told me to be a leader. So I was. A smile crept over their face. It felt... right. They reached up, as if to touch his shoulder. Then, with a puzzled frown, they dropped their hand. Wait. Yusidlas led the retreat, but earlier you said Renus ordered him to stay. The raven retracted the skill, ashamed. He bit his lip. Yes, but... So he committed treason. They looked him in the eye. What did Renus have to say about that? I bet the utils will pay for it. We always do. Zori. It's all right, T.A. This time, their smile was their own. You saved my life. I'd never blame you. Just tell me. He hesitated, clenching his hands against the skill, forcing himself to be honest. Renus ordered a recon mission tomorrow morning, and Laos has to take a squad of the utils who rebelled with him. A recon mission? Zori's voice shot up in protest. Where? The raven braced himself. Magoya Forest he said. Well, Kuras repeated, how did it go? The raven looked at his hands. They felt oddly aimless, now that they were no longer resting on Kuras's chest. Sorry put together a squad, he said. All the utils that stepped up as captains are in it. Most are in your employ, anyway. Kuras felt silent. Sir? 
I should have died tonight, T.A. Karas stared into the distance. I can feel it. But I was saved. The raven didn't reply. I don't know how I was saved, Karas continued. But I do know why. His eyes lit up in the dark. We can find the Remians. I know we can. And when we do, I plan to broker peace with them. The raven stared at Kuras. He saw life blossoming in the color on the commander's cheeks, and his motions as he brushed the unruly hair from his forehead. So you meant it. You'd risk everything. He felt the answer coursing through Kuras's veins even before he heard it. Yes, Kuras said. Yes, I would. I have a lot of information for the Remians, enough to give them a fighting chance against Zorn. If the sides are more evenly matched, maybe that will be enough to give the Covenant pause. He took a breath. You know our people are not evil, T.A. It's just the greed in our leadership that drives things too far. I do not wish to harm my own people. I just wish... for balance. The raven's heart skipped a beat. Balance, he mumbled. T.A., Kuras asked, are you all right? The raven sat up and turned towards the place the sun would rise. Yes, he said, better than I have been in a long time. Morning brought their foray into Magoya Forest, and for the raven, into a kaleidoscope of impressions, sights, and smells. The minute he stepped between these trees, they swept him up and welcomed him home. The squad had only just entered the forest, but already the swamp seemed a lifetime away. A narrow path meandered through trees that were heavy with summer smells, warm, dark wood and cool ferns. This forest was as old as Thunya itself. It had been shaped in line with the original melody, the one that created the Vanta, and it had been their home for centuries. The raven had not been there in years, but the forest was like a flame he always carried with him. Being here now, with the skill alive inside of him, was like catching fire. Behind him, a row of utils filed down the path between the trees. Most of them had come from the mines, utils young and strong enough to fill the ranks of a Zornan contingent to catch the brunt of enemy attacks. As they moved deeper into Magoya Forest, their discontent hung over their heads like a dark cloud. No matter how gruesome the battle, it had given them a chance to act independently, to fight for themselves for once. As a result, they'd only gotten more punishment. The raven knew they were not wrong to resent their mission. This forest, if not approached correctly, was dangerous. He knew, like no other, how it could lure you in, guide you to a meadow, and poison you with blooms irresistibly sweet. Pulsating fruits hanging invitingly on low branches could disorient you for weeks if you gave in to their temptation. Roaming witta could attack you without sound. Rogue arrow vines could strangle you. And even if the Util squad could be spared all that, they could still be attacked and killed by the Remians. The raven did what he could to keep them safe. Walking at the head of the squad, with Kuras next to him, he sent the skill around him in a wide circle. It calmed the trees, made vines swither away, hid poisonous fruits from sight. The forest, ruled by Vanta for so long, responded to his touch like a lover. His old power resurged, making him heady. Kuras turned to him, and he couldn't hold back a wide grin. 
When the forest changed, he didn't notice at first. One moment, he was walking down the path, Koros beside him. The next, he was alone. Trees receded, a meadow between them grew, and filled the space, the color of the grass changing to a late summer gold. The air became oddly still. In the middle of the meadow stood an ancient tree. Underneath it sat the sparrow. She got up when she saw him, looking like she had in his dream. Timeless, neither young nor old, and carrying the same infinite sadness he did. He couldn't meet her eyes. Anger built up inside of him. He'd known exactly how she would respond. had known she would confront him about saving Kuras's life, and yet he found himself entirely unprepared. Turan, she began, using a long buried birth name, one only Thetis had called him over the last decade. It stung, and this was only the beginning. The sparrow's face was pale, her eyes reproachful, a piercing, inescapable blue. Turan, she repeated. Friend, what have you done? again. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, or you have questions or ideas about where the story is going, I'd love to hear from you. You can tweet at me, I'm on Instagram, and for thoughts that won't fit into a tweet, you can also email me. And all that information you can find at remverberg.com. That is also the place to subscribe if you'd like to get email notifications for the podcast, along with news, writer musings, and some friendly banter. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you did, and I'll catch you for the next one in two weeks. Bye!